All right, welcome to the Mobility Podcast. I'm Pete Gould, and I am uh, your with my co-host today, Greg Rodriguez. Uh, and now let's get to our big discussion. Today we are going to dig into an issue that is both so critical to every aspect of transportation, mobility, and communities, but is also a consistently underlooked and underfunded area. And that's accessibility of the transportation system for individuals with disabilities. And we are honored to be joined today by our guests, the Honorable United States Senator from the state of Illinois, Tammy Duckworth, to talk about solutions. But before we get to our interview with Senator Duckworth, I want to lay a bit of a background to the bill that we'll be discussing and on the broader issue of accessibility in public transportation. Accessibility of America's public transportation facilities and systems is truly a matter of enabling or preventing an individual's full participation in society. From getting to and from jobs or medical appointments to socializing and just enjoying all that your community has to offer, without the access to a station or access to a vehicle and the ability to to physically get in and out or on and off of the of America's public transit, none of those things are possible. According to the American Association with People with Disabilities, they estimate that uh, there are 18.5 million travel-limited individuals in the U.S., of which 5.7 million are wheelchair-using, and of those, 1.4 million use a motorized wheelchair. Lack of transportation also likely contributes to various other issues, such as failure to make regular vet medical visits, which has serious health implications, social stigmatization and alienation, poverty, increased likelihood of homelessness, and institutionalization. With a growing elderly population, providing access to transportation is one of the greatest societal challenges in the U.S., and that becomes even more so with every single passing year. Public policy and the law play a critical role in making our transportation systems more accessible, thanks to the Americans with Disabilities Act. The law, commonly known as the ADA, was signed in 1990 and protects people with disabilities from discrimination. Under Title II of the ADA, which is the section that relates to public programs, people with disabilities are protected from discrimination in public transportation, and it guarantees people with disabilities equal access to public transportation. That means that public transit providers cannot refuse to provide transportation because you or someone you love has a disability. It also means that all transportation facilities must be readily accessible to and usable by persons with disabilities. And that sounds great, but there's a catch. That only applies to transportation facilities whose construction began after January 25th of 1992. And as you might imagine, there were quite a few public transit systems and all of the stations along their routes that were built prior to 1992. While the ADA does require that when a transit agency alters or an otherwise grandfathered facility that that, you know, that uh, reconstructed or altered portions must be made accessible and usable by persons with disabilities, that still leaves a lot of inaccessible stations in many of the nation's biggest cities like New York City, Boston, and Chicago, where public transit is truly a lifeblood of mobility and access to opportunity. The New York City subway station, which dates back to 1904, is a prime example. As recently as last year, only 124 of its 492 stations were ADA accessible. That means three quarters of New York's subway stations are not accessible to, to individuals who use a wheelchair. When the ADA became law, only 6% of Chicago's rail stations, the oldest of which dates back to 1892, were accessible. However, now over 70% are, are accessible. As with many infrastructure issues, addressing the shortcomings of our legacy system is not cheap. But much like with vehicle designs, 
we know that it's significantly less expensive to design something with accessibility in mind on the front end than it is to retrofit once the concrete is dried. Just to give a hint at the scale of the task ahead and the cost, if we were to make all transit systems fully accessible, consider that last January, New York City announced plans to spend $5.2 billion in the next four years to make accessibility improvements to 70 subway stations. That leaves just 298 inaccessible stations to go in New York City. According to the FTA, as of 2019, nearly 20% of all transit stations in the U.S. were not ADA accessible. But under current federal funding, uh, federal transit funding rates, we're likely to never get to that point of meeting a, a vision of a uh, fully accessible transit system. That's why our guest today has introduced legislation that makes the investments necessary to tackle this problem. So with that foundational understanding of the issues, it's my honor to welcome to the Mobility Podcast, Senator Tammy Duckworth from the great state of Illinois. All right, welcome back to the Mobility Podcast. I'm Pete Gould, and I'm joined by my co-host, Greg Rodriguez. Uh, Greg Rogers is not with us today as he's off in California getting married. So on behalf of the podcast crew, uh, congratulations to Greg and Leslie. And uh, we wish you guys both a, a long and happy marriage and could not be happier for two amazing people. Uh, with that being said, we are honored to have a very special guest with us here today, Senator Tammy Duckworth from the great state of Illinois, uh, to talk about mobility and accessibility, and including legislation that she just introduced, uh, the uh, All Station Accessibility Program Act, or the ASAP Act. Uh, for those who, who don't know Senator Duckworth, she is an Iraq War veteran, Purple Heart recipient, and former Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, uh, who was among the first handful of women to fly combat missions during Operation Iraqi Freedom. She served in the Reserve Forces for 23 years before retiring at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel in 2014. She was elected to the U.S. Senate in 2016 after representing Illinois' 8th Congressional District in the House for two terms. Uh, she co-founded the Senate's first ever Environmental Justice Caucus and also continues her lifelong mission of supporting, protecting, and keeping the promises we've made to our veterans as long as ensuring that we stand fully behind the troops uh, our nation sends into danger overseas. Uh, in 2018, after Senator Duckworth became the first senator to give birth while, in, while serving in office, uh, and she sent a message to working families across the country about the value of family-friendly policies by securing a historic rules change that allows senators to bring their infant children onto the Senate floor. Senator Duckworth, welcome to the Mobility Podcast. Uh, it is such an honor to have you with us today. It's so great to be on. Thanks for doing this. Of course. We, this, so we are just a bunch of transportation policy nerds who like to <laughs> talk about transportation policy. So this is, this is our jam session right here. You sound uh, like my kind of people. Oh yeah. Oh, I think. <laughs> uh, all right. So w with the pandemic, uh, we saw firsthand the critical role that public transportation plays in ensuring mobility for citizens. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, the broader ability to provide a more equitable and accessible transportation? And in particular, you've introduced this ASAP Act. And so I would love to hear about the act and, and kind of what it's going to be doing. Yeah, well, I think that our nation's public transportation systems are severely lacking in accessibility. Uh, even in Washington, D.C., where you know the metro uh, system is pretty good, uh, I will tell you it's a crapshoot when I try to ride the metro whether or not there's an elevator that's working and I may have to go two or three or four or five stops beyond my stop just to find 
a station with a central platform so that I can then go in the opposite direction to get off at the stop I needed to get off at that may have an, a working uh, elevator. So um, I introduced the ASAP Act. I really was prompted by a conversation, a well-meaning conversation that I had with the chairman of the Chicago Transit Authority who invited me to the unveiling of his really remarkable and wonderful initiative to make all of the uh, CTA's uh, stations fully ADA compliant, fully wheelchair accessible uh, in 20 years. Um, and he was very proud to bring me out there and I did the tour and everything. And then halfway through it, I looked at him and I said, so this is gonna be done in 20 years? He said, yes, this is how we're gonna do it. You know, we're, we're making the investment. He was very proud and I was, I applaud him for it. And then I looked at him and I said, so half a century after the passage of ADA. So what, <laughs> so what do I do for 20 years, right? Yeah, half a century after the passage of ADA is when this is gonna get done. And that's a frustration, right? We have the leading cities in the world and yet our leading, uh, you know, our major metropolitan areas are the places that have these legacy transit systems, <clears throat> you know, that they were built literally hundreds of years ago and they are the least accessible. I have never been on the New York subway system. Uh, I've never been on Boston's subway system because I am terrified that I'm going to get stuck or that I, when I've tried to get on New York subway system, I can't get on it. The CTA, I mean, in Chicago, the L, I tried to get on it a couple of times and I got stuck with, with stations that, that were not, you know, did not have a wheelchair, uh, the, the elevator wasn't working and I just got frustrated so I don't even use that. So that's what prompted me, um, really that conversation with CTA about in 20 years, it's gonna be fully accessible. And by the way, they're, you know, they're, they're on the leading edge of this. Um, that's when I realized, okay, <laughs> we need to create this, this grant program. And what, so what my bill would do, it's gonna create a, ten, uh, a $10 billion grant program over 10 years that local transit authorities can apply to, uh, transit authorities and commuter rail um, systems, uh, to, and they can apply to that for money to make the um, stations accessible. Uh, and I'm really proud that uh, Senator Kate Brown of Ohio, Senator Casey of Pennsylvania are introducing this legislation with me. It's helpful to have the, the banking chair on, uh, on the bill, I'd say, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, you know? And, and, and by the way, you know, people with disabilities have a hard enough time getting a job. And once they do, they tend to be the most productive and the most loyal employees. They don't, there's not a high turnover and yet they can't get to work. Yeah. I mean, in the situations you were describing, you were lucky to have an alternative to say, this just isn't working. I, I'm not going to take public transit for, for someone with a disability uh, that doesn't have that other option. This is just, yeah, that's the world that I get to, to experience and try to operate in. Exactly. So you can't write, you can't write the subway or you can't write the L's and then you end up writing a bus taking three transfers uh, and hope, hoping that the bus stop is accessible. And in the wintertime, hoping that someone's come down and not, you know, not plowed snow onto the ramp. I was going to say, <laughs> luckily it doesn't snow in Chicago. So you guys, yeah, should, uh, there, we yeah. Go. there we go. Right. So it's, it's, it's just, it's just this craziness. And, and I would think that in the 21st century, we would have to solve, but we don't. So we're going to do it. Nice. That's, that's, I mean, I think this leads perfectly into the next question. And, and thank you, Senator, for joining us. It's a huge honor to have you on here. And I think, you know, Pete and I and, and the other Greg are really big fans of all your work and super inspired by everything you do. Um, and I think it's really interesting. I mean, you brought up CTA. I think a lot of us know Norval Carter. 
he's somebody who gets mm-hmm. it right and you're you know you're saying how excited he was and if, if we're talking about an agency that gets it and you kind of opened his eyes to make him realize oh wow we're not moving fast enough you know I'm curious of what advice you would have for other transit agencies that have this maybe a part of their long-range planning but you know how, how can we move this to the forefront I think your bill tries to do that what caught my eye was the access- accessibility commitment. I, I like to think that maybe you're thinking about, you know, how can we incentivize this planning early on and tie it to the grant funding that's going to be uh, hopefully released and awarded to some of these transit agents? How do you make sure that this accessibility planning is a huge priority? And even, you know, thinking, you know, the conversation around snow was very interesting. It's more than just riding the train. It's also being able to get onto it. And when we think about these conversations around innovation, uh, fair transit systems moving to digital, you know, how do we make sure people don't get left behind that might be unbanked as well? So I'm curious with that accessibility commitment, are you thinking about, you know, what is the spectrum of things you would like transit agencies to do to meet that? Well, the first thing I want them to do is to put accessibility at the front of their priority list too often. Uh, when transit commissions get together and plan on what needs to be done, and they they put first and foremost, and they should security, right? Safety. So they need to the safety upgrades to keep the train, you know, to keep the the, the equipment uh, safe, and 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 so modernization programs and uh, improvement programs and all that. And so what happens is the accessibility piece just get, keeps getting pushed to the right on that calendar, and 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 every time they meet. They, they, they rank order, okay, these are our top priorities here, top five, and accessibility will be on the top five, but it might be number five, but they can only fund three. So it never, even though it's at the top, of the, it never jumps up into the funded category. And so I, I tried to address that with this bill, uh, with the 10 billion over 10 years, where this money is only for accessibility. And it, you can't use this money for anything else. You can't use this money for you know, to, to modernize your, 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 your cars or your, your rail cars or to upgrade them unless it is specifically for accessibility. And, and specifically, the money does give priority to the access, to accessibility of stations. Because you can have all the accessible rail cars you want, but if I can't get to the rail car because it's, you know, three stories of steps, then what's the point of buying an accessible rail car? Um, uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, this is part of the conversations we have to have. And I actually was just chatting with the nominee to be the, the director of the Federal Transit Authority. And I just yesterday, and I brought this up, and I said, you need to make accessibility a priority across transit agencies across the country. And it cannot be something that we keep pushing off uh, um, uh, in the name of modernization or equipment upgrades. Uh, all right, so uh, we could we have about a million more questions, but we uh, want to be respectful of your time. So uh, for now, I guess the next steps are this: you've introduced it. There's a house component uh, and um, or a house companion as well. Um, and is this something that you're looking for in reauthorization or in a broader infrastructure package or whatever that form is going to be taking? Both, all of the above. Um, so. Uh, 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 Representative Chewy Garcia and Marie Newman are my house sponsors of the House Companion, uh, fellow uh, uh, Illinois uh, uh, members of, of uh, the House. And so um, uh, whatever it takes in the president's um, uh, American jobs plan and in the infrastructure plan, um, he does have money in it specifically for this, but it's only 
five billion over five years, not the 10 over 10 that I have. So I don't think five over five is enough, um, but it is a good start. And so I will push for it wherever I can and get what I can and then come back and, and get more into, this, into the system. But again, this is one of those things that we can't leave this out and we're going to be spending you know, two plus trillion dollars in the nation's infrastructure. Shame on us if we don't make that infrastructure wheelchair accessible and, and disability, you know, compliant with ADA so that it's accessible to everyone, no matter what their, you know, ability is. Perfect. Well, we, uh, for those listening, reach out to your Congress members and tell them you support this. Uh, uh, Senator Duckworth, we really appreciate it. And thank you for joining us. We're going to have to have you come back because I would love to talk accessibility more broadly. And, and in particular, we, we do a lot on, on autonomous vehicles over here. Uh, the, that's another uh, area where accessibility, I think, is, is going to be very critical. So we would love to have you back in the future. I would love to have that conversation because the market is going to demand it. You know, if you think about baby boomers, and people are starting yeah. to keep away from baby boomers. At some point, the baby boomers are not going to be, are going to develop, hopefully they'll live long and, and, and they will develop disabilities and uh, they're going to want those cars. Absolutely. Well, we will have you back on that. Thank you so right. much, Senator Duckworth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.